You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Hope everyone's geared up for a fantastic weekend. Brian Peacock here with former NFL AFL cornerback Eric Crocker talking 49ers with you every day. Today we're going to start talking a little bit about running backs. We're going to split it up. We have some scouting reports coming. If you listen to the show, you already know I have the Trey Sermon episode where I talked about his scouting report and what the 49ers got in the running back from Ohio State. They drafted two running backs. We're going to talk a little bit more, get Eric's thoughts on Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell coming up next week. Talk a little bit about the current running backs, though, that are on the 49ers. Like, don't, like, Croc, don't sleep on Raheem Mostert, right? That's another thing. I just want to make sure that we get across on today's show, but we also have some other news. But, um, like, everyone's sort of, like, look, and I think that's what happens post-draft, you forget, and you want to plug every every rookie into their maximum p- potential position in the rookie seasons. It doesn't work out that way. So stop sleeping on all the veterans that are on the roster that those rookies could take their place. Especially Raheem Mostert, somebody who... You know, he has like these special traits and he has these special plays. And yeah. for guys that just kind of want to push him out of there right away for a guy that they have not seen take a snap as a 49er running back, it's kind of it's kind of wild to me. Absolutely. Yeah. So more on Raheem Mostert. And I'm just looking at his stats page right now at Pro Football Reference. Dude's, <laughs> dude's insane. Like, uh, so I love this. I love the committee that's about to come through San Francisco with the running game this year they added to it with a couple of rookies that look like they are going to make the roster we'll project that roster and go through the position groups uh, as we head through the offseason getting ready for training camp but one player that is at least not going to be available for what six games is defensive end Jordan Willis the NFL suspended Jordan Willis for six games Willis has been suspended without pay for the first six games of the 2021 season according to the official 49ers Twitter uh, for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances, he will be able to participate in all off-season and preseason practices and games, but then it shuts down for him for the first six games of the regular season. Uh, what do you think? Jordan Willis, Like he knew he's on the roster bubble, so it's like, dude, whatever. I'm going to do what I have to do to make this roster, <laughs> or do you think he got duped by someone slipping him something at the gym or something? Well, I think the one thing that a lot of people don't really realize with these you know, performance-enhancing drugs and things like that is... You could have been taking something for years and then all of a sudden they update their list and the thing that you've been taking that had been in the clear is now illegal. Now, the one thing I will say about this Willis situation is you, you don't just get popped one time and then get suspended for six, seven games. Yep. So this, this he's a multi, multi or multiple, uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he, yeah, He's yeah. been popped he's, more than once. Offender, yeah. multiple he's, offenders. He's it's not his first time. time. If we're hearing about it, that means... He's known about it. The team has known about other instances for a while. Yeah, and when you get when you get slapped with that seven, six or seven game suspension, that you know usually if you get popped the first time, it's like two games or four games or something like that. It kind of builds up. So he, I might not give him the benefit of doubt like I would give some of these other guys with not knowing what they were taking since this has happened multiple times for him. What do you think about Jordan Willis as a player? I, I think he's obviously on the roster bubble, but the 49ers are thin at end. They're a little bit deeper at defensive tackle. They could have used somebody who's 6'4", 270 pounds to 
to be a rotational player there at defensive end. They got Samson Ibukam that they brought in. I, you know, you can't really expect you're going to get much from D Ford. So it's like, I don't know. It's still Nick Bosa coming off an ACL and some question marks there. So, I mean, maybe that's something they have to keep looking at in the free agent market through camp, right? Yeah, I think that's the part where it kind of hurts the most. I saw a lot of 49er fans mentioning him, being like, oh, man, not this again. We've had injuries. Now we got a guy getting popped for PEDs. When I look at him, it's, gosh, it kind of hurts the depth a little bit, especially when you're already thin at that position. And you have guys coming back from injuries, right? Nick Bosa, D Ford, hopefully. So it, it hurts from that standpoint. But I will say, if there were any offseason where you could – kind of lose a depth piece at defensive end this will be the year because when you look at the current free agents at that position there are some quality names there guys that have been very productive that you might be able to get in there right now on the low end this is the other thing too that the 49ers and I haven't seen eye to eye on which is I want Eric Armstead on the interior more and I think the 49ers say it's not a big deal we got Nick Bosa on one side we got Eric Armstead who's a defensive end on the other side, and to me, I'm like, God, you know, uh, on rundowns, obviously, Eric Armstead's a good run defender as a defensive end, but I want him rushing from the inside. But now when you got Kinlaw, and they brought in uh, Maurice Hurst, they brought in Zach Kerr, you already have Givens, who uh, D'Amico Ryan's named, he was the first name he brought up when asked about players he was excited for in his defense this year. DJ Jones, obviously, can play the nose. Uh, there are so many players they have on the interior. I think Contavious Street, if he's, is Contavious Street even still around? Because he can play on the interior as well. But, uh, yeah. They've got depth at tackle and not so much. So we're going to see Eric Armstead again playing 90% of his reps on the outside, on the edge. And I don't love him doing that. I want him to be at least 50-50 and if not 60-40, 70-30 at tackle, especially on those third down plays. So um, I think the 49ers just see Eric Armstead differently than I do. Yeah. And ideally, he's definitely an interior guy. I think the issue, quote-unquote issue, with Eric Armstead is he was drafted in a different defense. He was drafted to be a 3-4 in. Mm -hmm. So he fits that that profile Perfect. extremely well. In a 4-3, he's kind of a tweener because he's not just this, you know, super, you know, three-tech or interior guy, but then he's not the speedy guy off the edge. So they have utilized him as a 4-3 base defensive end and then kind of slid him inside in passing situations. And I think he's done a good job at that. Ideally, they would like every time he's at in, they would like the opposing team to run the ball. <laughs> and then right. when he they slide him inside, just be passing the ball because he can use his athleticism to win that way. So, um, you know, it sounds like he's going to be a, a defensive end on base downs as long as he's a 49er. Yeah, for sure. And, unless maybe D'Amico Ryan says, nah, I think that he's more suited to be here full time. The way they've gotten kind of depth at that interior position, I can't see that being the case. Arden Key, Contavious Street, um, you know, if we, if we take D Ford and Jordan Willis out of it, Deshaun Hall, Alex Barrett, like who's like I guess you're really, really hoping that uh, that Samson Abelcom is that guy on, on third downs, but he's not going to be a base defensive end either. So any of those other names stand out to you with the 49ers? I, I, like the, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, man, they really need to do something at the end. And I thought they needed to do it since the 2020 draft. I thought they should have been focusing more on edge players than tackles, even after trading away DeForest Buckner. 
but they went tackle there in the draft, and and obviously they don't feel the same way about defensive end. So I wonder which one of these guys could step up. Do you have any feelings about any of these guys? Arden Key? I mean, Arden Key's definitely got some talent, a little bit of juice and some length off the edge. I would I would like to see them go get somebody like Victor Beasley. You know, Vic Be- Beasley, he's kind of been down a little bit the last couple of years, but he had one year where he was extremely productive. I look at him as, a you know, low in a, in a value sense as far as money goes, but someone who at the very least can give you the production you were thinking you might get from Willis, right? If not more, because we've seen him be more productive. Um, there also are guys that are available like uh, uh, Deion Jordan, who the 49ers had last year, came in, got a couple sacks. Uh, Melvin Ingram. Uh, so there are some names out there. Mel- Melvin Ingram might be more expensive. It might be doing the whole clowny thing where it's like, well, Teams, guys have wanted me. Teams have wanted me, but I'm, I'm going to hold off and not sign until that perfect opportunity comes. But they're, they're, as far as free agents go, I feel like there are definitely guys who can come in, be a depth piece, but actually have been way more productive than a Jordan Willis or anybody else that the 49ers have as reserve edge rushers right now. Yeah, it's tough because it, even if they do go shopping, they can't probably go to the top of the market with some of the bigger names that are out there, even on, on a one-year deal. Maybe they can find some room. Uh, Justin Houston's another name. I, think, I thought Justin... Do you know how old he is? Uh, he's 32. I, I just looked him up. That's why I know. Yeah, 32. I could have swore that that guy was like 36 years old. It <laughs> seems like he's been in the NFL for ever. And I saw that today. I said, wait, Houston is 32 years old? I mean, we're talking about Richard Sherman being older than him. And I would have never thought that. I, I don't know why I thought he was so old. But I think then I was looking at some of the other edge rushers. And you like Deion Jordan. Deion Jordan is like one year younger than Houston. And I would have never guessed that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Justin Houston has been so productive throughout his career. He even had eight sacks last year, too. These, mm. are, these are Justin Houston's sack numbers going backwards from 2020 to the to the start of his career in 2011. Uh, last year, eight sacks. 2019, 11. Nine, nine and a half. Four, seven and a half. 22 in 2014. <laughs> 11, 10, and five and a half. So, I mean, he's like a double-digit sack guy even still. So that's, um, that's an interesting name that if he's cheap enough, he can get after the quarterback. He brings that speed to power element. He can stand up. He can put his hand in the ground. I'd be really interested in Justin Houston, a player I loved coming out of college, a player I've liked a lot in the NFL, and might just come in cheap enough. I think Melvin Ingram is definitely out of their price range. In fact, I'm surprised that Melvin Ingram is even still available right now. Although based on his career, Ingram might be a real buyer beware player if he commands decent or big money. Yeah, he has some contract disputes with the chargers and they just ended up going in a totally different direction and letting him go, which I don't know who they have as far as their, their other ends. I mean, you know, obviously they have Joey Bosa. Yeah. But outside of that, Ingram was the guy that kind of held everything down a little bit and now they don't have him anymore. So I am surprised to see him still be a free agent. I thought somebody would go and get him and pay him a little bit of money. But again, like Clowney last year, maybe he hasn't gotten the offers that he was expecting and, and wants to wait until a team is a little bit more desperate. And Vic Beasley didn't do anything last year, so he should be really cheap. And he's he's kind of just a one-trick pony. He's like, I'm going as fast as I can, trying to beat you around the corner, and that's all I got. So if you block me, I'm blocked. But, I mean, it's better than nothing when you are looking at what the 49ers could have there, sort of a cast-off type of player, maybe like Arden Key, and just bring in another guy if he's cheap enough to compete there coming off the edge. But, um, yeah, I, 
that is a position to look out for now. And look, we're we're overreacting because Jordan Willis wasn't, you know, he was on the bubble anyway. But when you really start to look at just the edge guys, it's like, oh man, really thin. Unless I mean, the 49ers are holding out hope. Maybe Deep Ford could give you yeah. 15 snaps a game, and if so, that really changes a lot because you could put him in some impact situations on third downs at least. Yep, really like the interior and the depth there. Not so much edge depth. Absolutely. Not looking good. All right. Let's get to one other issue before we talk running backs and Raheem Mostert, and that is Trey Lance back at the club, according to my Twitter and uh, Jay Patel on Twitter. So we're going to go to that, and he's got some info on Madden covers, too. We talked about no Madden covers for 49ers. Well, there was one actually back in the day. Get to that next. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing. You can track all of that all summer long. So many games to bet on. Putting together some parlays I like to do with baseball games. Uh, makes for a fun evening of ball. You get a, an early game, a late game, maybe a, an over-under in there somewhere. There's uh, UFC, MMA action, obviously, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, some goofy celebrity boxing matches. <laughs> of course, you can get on that action as well. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online. Use your laptop, mobile device, whatever you want to check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses with contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. That's promo code locked on bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Shout out to listener Jay Patel, who reminded us, and it looked foreign because it's something I'd never seen before, that the 49ers have had a player on the cover of Madden. It was Madden 99. Garrison Hurst donned the cover, but it wasn't the American version of the game. It was like uh, the different version that went out to other countries that had uh, different uh, video systems. It was, you know, a, a P P A L. I don't even know what that stands for. Some kind of different uh, interlacing or the way they do the video in other countries. So they have a different version of the Madden that goes out to uh, other countries. And apparently that version of Madden in 1999 had Garrison Hurst on the cover. The Madden that we all knew in 99 had John Madden himself on the cover. So I don't know if that counts for you, Croc, as a Niner being on the cover of Madden, even though it wasn't something that we could even buy here in the States. Nah, can't count. We never saw that. And it is kind of interesting because for the better part of the 90s, it was always John Madden on the front of the game. Yeah. And then eventually they kind of switched over around the time when, who was it? Michael Vick? I've, or sure, or a little bit before Mike Vick, but I know Mike, Mike Vick was Vick on was there. around that time. If Madden himself was on the '99 cover, Vick was probably what 2000, 2001. So it had to be. Well, might have been the first. I think one. He was drafted 2001, so it would have had okay. to be a couple years after that. Yeah, it was. It was Falcons Vick though, so it was early career Vick for sure that was on the cover. Yeah. Um, he was electric. Trying to hey, we're talking was... about Trey Lance and how you know 49ers are talking about bringing him along, but Mike Vick, that's another guy who number one overall pick did not start for Atlanta to start his career actually was behind Chandler. I Chris believe. Chandler. Crystal and, and, Chandelier as he's known. And Mike Vick would actually spell Chandler a little bit. They kind of mixed him in and it wasn't a gadgety role or anything like that. It was, you know, every once in a while they gave him a possession or two. And that was kind of how Mike Vick played his rookie year he was not a full-time starter or anything like that, that most people would expect, especially for a guy that was drafted number one overall. 
Here's what's crazy. So I'm looking up Madden cover history, and I guess there was a that was what they did back in the day because people in other countries didn't know who the hell John Madden was. So they would there was a, <laughs> the first non John Madden player on a Madden cover, Eric with a K Williams, and another guy named Carl with a K Wilson. Who the hell are those guys? Uh, they must have been <laughs> from the country where that game was distributed, right? That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. But Garrison Hurst? No, isn't he from like Georgia or something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. So that was um, then Barry Sanders was in 2000 along with John Madden. Then it was Eddie George in 2001, Cole Pepper mm-hmm. 2002, Falk 2003, Vic 2004. Got it. Okay. Those were the where they were actually on the cover of, of the American version of the game. And so, you know, the the original Maddens, they used to do all these little cool things. When a player got hurt, the ambulance used to ride onto the, yeah. drive onto the field. Used to come on. That was field. really cool. Um, in short yardage situations, uh, you know, when it was like inches, they would bring out the chain gang. Like they don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. So that was just, just kind of interesting to kind of look back on those times. I've been playing video games for a long time. Yeah, there was cool stuff. And, I uh, remember back in uh, the, the Tech Mobile days and that was sort of pre Madden for me. And they they really focused in on the broadcast of the game. They would do these close-ups, right? These close-up cut screens of Joe Montana, touchdown. And it was like, it was really cool. They made it more like, they, they did their version of what they could make it feel like a broadcast and feel like a game. So I loved those types of things. Actually, I've got some audio right here. You know what that sound is? That's Tecmo Bowl when someone gets hurt. That's what that sound wow. is. Wow. And there's a start button. I've got a bunch of audio here. That one. Actually, when we talk about injuries, we should bust this out, right? (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, the other note from Jay on Twitter is that Trey Lance, he was answering our question because we weren't sure where exactly Trey Lance was working out when we saw that video. Uh, According to Trey's Instagram, he's been working out in Atlanta. And according to Jay's friend, he was at the club in the VIP room last night where his friend was hanging out. So uh, we, <laughs> I'm surprised this hasn't been brought up in, in bigger detail by somebody because remember when the Vegas thing happened with George Kittle, everyone was talking about, why is Trey Lance in Vegas? He should be working out. And and uh, here he is again. He's at, the, he's at the VIP club, and he's just barely turned 21. So uh, I was definitely nowhere near the velvet ropes when I was 21 years old. I wasn't allowed in the VIP. I was only because my brother was a club promoter. So oh, there you go. I had... Little special access. Wow, little cocky with the bottle service. Yeah, but the girls didn't like me. I think I looked too young. <laughs> <laughs> you were tall though. You were like six one, skinny, athletic. Yeah, yeah, but nah, it, just too much of a baby face. It, just now, I started to kind of look grown as I turned like thirty. I think now I can attract older women, but I'm married, so that's yeah. not the question. So ladies, now, don't so. come calling at Croc. Underscore Mm-mm. at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Don't hit him up, ladies. He's My wife crazy. is a little crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, and the same answer as before. Like neither one of us are worried about it, right? But it's it is it is funny because he's a 21 year old, and it's it's hard to forget. You know, it's easy to forget that sometimes. And the other thing about being 21 is over the course of the last 15 months, how many people turned 21 couldn't really properly celebrate? So I bet the 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 young folks that are that are 21 years old are having a field day right now with things opening up more and, and going and celebrating because they were kind of locked up at this part of their life when they were ready to cut loose for their 21st birthday. You know, I think more than anything, 
everybody forgets that these dudes are normal people. That was the first thing, like, when I got to the NFL, because I've been a fan just as much as I'm a fan of the game now. When I got to the NFL, I was just a bigger fan. And I get there, and the first thing I realize is these guys are just like me. <laughs> They're just like me. They just have more money than I do, <laughs> and they've made more money than I ever have. But as far as, like, kind of who they are personally, normal people. So when you look at a guy like Trey Lance, you know, he is a normal young 21-year-old. Now, he is obviously very mature, as everybody says, but he's still going to do young people things and go out to the club sometime. He's at a time right now, there are no OTAs, right? He doesn't have to be at meetings in the morning. He doesn't have any uh, 49er obligations. He gets his work in, and we see the videos of that, him throwing the ball. Quincy Avery obviously, um, you know, uh, records everything, and Quincy Avery, you know, posts things to his social media. I think that's where everybody's getting these clips from of Trey Lance throwing the ball around. And then she's like, hey, it's nighttime. We can go have fun. As long as he's not getting in trouble and we're not seeing him, you know, getting DUIs yeah, and yeah. things like that, he just wants to have fun. He's sending VIP, maybe got some little honeys next to him. Have fun. Yeah, You're 21 yeah. years old. And it's probably better to be in the VIP kind of away from the crowd, away from everything else. It's, you know, less trouble. You kind of you're you're in a controlled environment a little bit. And Jay went on to say, from what I'm told, he was just kicking it, not doing not going crazy or anything. So, I, you know, yeah. and Trey Lance seems like the type of guy I'd probably be in the club, in the VIP, but like drinking a bottle of water or something. That costs I mean, the dude, the dude wore the dude wore shades on draft night. So, you know, he's real cool. He's a real cool guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably has shades inside. He doesn't want people to recognize who he is. Number, number three overall draft pick. But yeah, so not not a big deal. But I thought I will say this. I went out. I remember, um, you know, obviously my rookie year, uh, other rookies that were with me, D. Millionaire, Geno Smith, those guys. Well, I went out with a few of the rookies and we were partying amongst everybody else. Not even partying, but we were just kind of bar hopping or whatever. And everybody there started recognizing some of the guys I was with. Definitely didn't recognize me. Who's Eric Crocker? They don't know. But they know who D. Millionaire is. Yeah, first round pick. And they were buying us drinks all night. Like just... Random people like, hey, I want to buy you a drink. They're yeah. buying us drinks. I think that was probably one of the coolest moments. <laughs> uh, that's always nice. Yeah, if someone's going to be buying you a drink. So those are the perks, too, of not being in the VIP, although people send you drinks, too, there. But I, yeah, I can't imagine being a first-round pick, being a millionaire in your early 20s. What the hell? That's got to just change the, that's got to change how your brain operates. Like, I can't even fathom that. Well, I saw him driving a, a Malibu and people were kind of making fun of him, right? There was like a video. I don't know if you saw it on social media, but mm -hmm. there's a video of him getting in the Malibu and they're like, oh, this guy just, you know, third overall pick and he's out here driving the Malibu. And my thing is, you got to get away from whoever it was that recorded that. Get away from that yeah. person because people need to be kind of celebrating that. Like, dude, you're, you're stay, stay that way. Like, it, right. it doesn't matter what car you drive. It, those things will come. You don't have to, who are you trying to impress out here? Drive your Malibu is really good on gas. If it needs an oil change, it's not crazy expensive. <laughs> you know, save your money or whatever. When that time comes, you'll buy your buy your vehicle. And I'm pretty sure he will. It's probably maybe a rental or something. He maybe he was using a girl's car or whatever it is. Yeah. But being around people that are kind of shaming you for driving the Malibu or just poking fun at it when they should be like, hey man, like that's smart, youngster. That's what that's what he should be hearing. Oh, yeah, it's like Go buy your own car. Like, don't worry about what I'm driving. <laughs> don't even worry about that. And we're having fun. We're just joking around about, you know, we're not worried about Trey Lance or anything like that. But that's probably one of the big worries. And that's probably where this stems from, from people who's like, look, 
small town kid from Minnesota, went to North Dakota State, you know, Vegas lifestyle, behind the velvet ropes uh, in an Atlanta club, like that's that's not really you know, don't don't change, don't let it change you. Don't let the fame, don't let the money change you. So even if you're not doing anything bad, just like, you know, be you. Go be you. Right. Sounds like he his parents are really good and they'll keep him grounded. Yeah. So that's all no that's worries. all as fans we can hope for. Right. Yeah, no worries. Unless we we start hearing about him just like hitting the clubs uh, all night every night and getting into trouble, then maybe there's some worries. But obviously Trey right Lance now, turns just, into Johnny Menzel. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh but right now he's just a, a young dude having fun and uh being 21 so yeah and he's working hard during the day too you know he deserves to go wherever the hell he wants at night yep raheem mostert some appreciation for him coming up i always stick a built bar in my golf bag because it's the perfect thing to power you through the back nine so you don't go into the clubhouse and order you know something terrible for you a chili dog or burger and fries or whatever then your hands or fingers are greasy when you're trying to play golf for the back nine quick and easy have a built bar roll into the 10th hole and get some protein that will power you through and a lot of times even play better not weighed down by some huge meal more room for an extra beverage too if, if that's how you play your back nine but my friend i have to take two built bars because my friend's like hey you got one of those built bars like scratching his neck he's like yeah yeah give me one of those built bars i love those built bars and i'm like dude you got to go builtbar.com use promo code locked on get your own box of built bars because i'm not going to keep supplying you built bars every time we play golf cuz i want to hoard some for myself low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber even great for a keto diet Go to BuiltBar.com, 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Scouting reports to come on the rookies. We keep teasing it and we keep pushing it off. We're going to talk about the rookies next week and talk about the entire running back position after we break down those rookies, breaking down Raheem Mostert today and, and some of the veterans on the roster at running back and how this whole running back group comes together. But I think we need to have a little segment here Talking about Raheem Mostert, reminding people, don't sleep on this dude. You tweeted out something a little bit ago. Uh, this is like a couple weeks ago about Raheem Mostert. And it's just one of these runs. It's not like his 90-yard run either. This is like a 10-yard run. And you forget because it's been a while and you get excited about the rookies. And, okay, is, is Raheem Mostert's time going to be done with the 49ers? His burst is insane. And you forget about it. Like, he moves differently than even these freakish athletes in the NFL move at the running back position. It's crazy what kind of speed he has. That is a weapon, and that needs to be on the field for the 49ers this year. What he does to angles, you don't see a lot of guys do that. You know, there are guys like Chris Johnson. that like that He's like the first guy that kind of comes to mind mm -hmm. where you just tear up somebody's angle. They have a good angle on you, and they should be able to tackle you, but you're just so fast, so explosive. All of a sudden, you got guys running into each other. And that's what happens with Raheem Mostert. He has some special stuff. It sucks that we haven't been able to see it on a more consistent level. That, that's what I would like. I would like to see it just throughout a, an entire year. Obviously, last year dealt with some high ankle sprains and, and even, I think, finished the season kind of hindered by that ankle injury, never fully recovered. And I've had a high ankle sprain. I know exactly how those things feel. I know there are different grades to it, but just to know what he is and how well he runs in this offense. And I mean, she was the first year he ran for what? 7.7 .7 yards per carry. Uh, you know, the following year, I mean, we watched him just tear up the green Bay Packers. That ability has not left him. And 
when you look at the 49ers drafting running backs, great. Okay, third round running back, awesome. But I don't think that that should take away from Raheem Mostert and what he has shown to be. And it does feel a little bit like a lot of 49er fans have kind of tried to put him on the back burner a little bit to show love to Trey Sermon. And that's great. Nice, shiny new toy and everything. But he's not threatening opposing teams on every play the way that Raheem Mostert is because he can score anytime he touches the ball. And not a lot of running backs in the NFL can say that. Yeah, late bloomer too because he was more of a track guy than a football player at Purdue and was kind of a you know, wide receiver slash running back. And to see his growth as a player, he's really hitting his peak much later than most running backs ever do at 28 years old. He is now going into his age 29 season. But even being banged up last year, he's still five yards per carry. Like this dude rolls out of bed in Shanahan's offense five yards per carry. 5.6 the year before. The year before that was 7.7 yards per carry. Like that's what this guy can do. He is a blur out there. When he sees that hole, he can hit it so hard. And he's got the top speed that nobody's going to catch him. It's crazy. And, and you forget. And I love you putting that clip out there and reminding the folks. And I wanted to, to remind the folks here. And he's got some ability to, to make some plays after the catch. As well, even though you know you wouldn't, you know he's not the guy you think of as lining up as a wide receiver and running routes like that. But he can give you some of that. But I think it's clear, and I think that plays into what the 49ers' strategy was in the draft this year and bringing in Gallman and you know Jeff Wilson's another guy to to play that or was the guy that was going to play that, and we'll see when he comes back. But play that thunder role to Raheem Mostert's lightning. I think it's clear, and it's probably smart that the 49ers aren't going to expect him to come in and carry the load and be a three down back all season long. And almost you don't want him to do that because you want him to stay healthy. You want him to stay fast and utilize him how you want to utilize him. And now you have a guy like Trey Sermon who can come in, who's also proven that he maybe is not really able to carry the load because he's had a lot of injuries in college too, even though you think, oh, big back carries the load. But uh, that's not the case. And we'll talk more about him next week and all of his ability. But I think that's what Kyle Shanahan envisions is like, look, let's keep them all healthy and not run any of them into the ground, hopefully. And that way, at the end of the season, we have Sermon, and we have Gallman, who can be a weapon out of the backfield. And we have Raheem Mostert, who can still hit home runs for us, and that can set the tone with his speed for this running game. So I think that's the hope there, and I think it's a smart way for the 49ers to play it. And for fantasy footballers, I know they hate the committee backfields, but this is going to be a committee, and I'm here for it. I think it's the best thing the 49ers can do is, is have a committee where they're able to put the their pieces in the right position to help the offense. The fantasy community is cool that you bring that up because it's, it's bigger than ever. And somehow I follow a lot of fantasy football people. And that's the one thing that they just try to stay away from 49er running backs. <laughs> they don't want any parts of it because it is such a running back by committee situation there. And you look at a guy like Raheem Mostert and it's like, well, he's going to be the guy. But the next thing you know, a guy like Jeff Wilson last year under the radar kind of led the 49ers in rushing for different reasons. You know, you had the injuries and stuff like that. But also, 10 touchdowns by Jeff Wilson. Who would have thought that? You know, so when it comes to fantasy football, it's a it's a harder when you're looking at these 49 running backs because you don't know how Kyle Shanahan is going to deploy them. Yeah. Who is he going to use on the goal line? It was the Super Bowl year you start to start the season – the 49ers running backs, everybody's like, okay, I'm all in on Tevin Coleman and Jared McKinnon and yep. these different guys. 
Next thing you know, when they got in short yardage situations, they were turning around and handing the ball off to Jeff Wilson. And he had yeah. like four touchdowns in the first like two games. He got a North it's Texas like, that was undrafted. You're like, who the hell is this guy? And it's <laughs> But it's crazy because not – like I talked about Raheem Mostert being banged up last year, five yards per carry. Tevin Coleman was like 1.2 yards per carry, like something crazy, 1.8 yards per carry, something like that. So you can't just put any old schlub back there and produce so you got to give some credit to Bobby Turner and the 49ers have been able to find some players who have been able to compete and play well in this offense but um, Kyle Shanahan helps and the committee aspect of it is tough but when it comes to fantasy football the way that you profit from Kyle Shanahan's backfields is you just don't take the first running back, you take the second or the third, and eventually that guy's going to be in there, and he's going to be gaining five yards per carry for you when the if if one of the other guys gets hurt or if the, you know the guy comes out of nowhere. So Trey Sermon's probably depending on where these guys get drafted. Trey Sermon could be that guy you profit from, or maybe it's Elijah Mitchell. And so I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on those two prospects. Well, that's who I would bet on, Elijah Mitchell. If you go back a couple years, right? Remember, there, it was supposed to be you know McKinnon and all these other guys. Next thing you know is Breda, undrafted yep. guy, beating out other running backs, you know, getting the bulk of the second team carries. And then the next year, like we brought up Jeff Wilson. And then this year is probably going to be Elijah Mitchell. And you're like, gosh, like everybody loved Trey Sermon. We're all in on Trey Sermon. And all of a sudden it's this Mitchell guy from what the Raging Cajuns or something like that. Yeah, Louisiana and he's Lafayette. the one that is leading the team in rushing. Wayne Gallman is going to be involved too. So this is fun. So yeah, we're going to break down our scouting reports from the two rookies, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell next week. We'll talk about how this running back group is going to come together. We've got Aaron Banks on deck as well as a prospect that we're going to dig deeper into and we'll continue on through all of the draft picks. We haven't talked a lot about Hufanga either and you are the defensive backs expert croc. So that's another episode to come as well as we break down the 49ers every day. Right here, Locked On 49ers. That's some bad mofo, you know. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.